Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays joining us right now. First off, Tyler, congratulations on being named on the list for Comeback Player of the Year. How you doing? And do you feel honored to be on a list like that, coming back from an injury that, yes, many come back from, but what you did this year coming off that injury is special and notable, and your peers are recognizing you for it, dude. Yeah, it feels great. Um, yeah, I didn't really know I was going to feel, I guess, like kind of going into that. I pitched a little bit last year, but then had that normal offseason. Um, and then, I, yeah, I just I, get, I got into season. I guess it was like kind of an up and down, I guess, in terms of like consistency, like each start to each start. The only thing I noticed was like it's a little bit more like hard to ride that wave, I guess, is the only way I can describe it. But um I, I did. I had a lot of starts where I felt really good, and I'm I'm happy like people acknowledge me for it, and I'm glad that I could come back and feel good physically. I guess that was the only like question mark. I think feeling bad for such a long time, I think, with that injury, and then like getting it taken care of, and then comparing it to what it feels like now to then is like night and day. So I guess in terms of like my mental, like can I keep going forward? It's it's it feels amazing. So that's just good to know for next season as well. Tyler, uh, when we went through these awards earlier, I had your back and said you should win. So, <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate just want it. you to know that. But here's here's my thing. I, I know you're up against Ryan O'Hearn, who had a great year for Baltimore. You faced him a, a bunch of times, and then you have Liam Hendricks, who obviously is coming back from cancer, which is awful. Yeah, I'm glad he's back. But for yeah. me, you you missed almost all of last year. I know you came back at the end and pitched, but to me, comeback means you had to go through something where you missed a significant chunk of usually the season before. So that's why. Listen, nothing against Liam, nothing against Ryan O'Hearn, but for me, congratulations, you win the award. No, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, what like Liam has gone through is pretty insane. I think like, all things considered, like, I guess like the amount of time I guess I took off was a while, but it, I also wasn't dealing with cancer. You know what I mean? So I guess that yeah. like transcends the baseball kind of like that's all that's like life threatening in a sense. Um but yeah, I'm just glad I could come back and like pitch relatively well and then feel healthy. That was like the biggest takeaway for me is like just to end the season healthy, feeling like I was kind of going on the upswing. Maybe not like the last month was like a little rough, but I think in terms of like like mechanics and like consistency, that's the best month I think I felt like it felt very similar to before I got hurt. So I think I was like, for me, a, a good place to leave off for next season. Well, I did not choose you, even though we were ex-teammates. I did not choose you for comeback player. Sorry. You beat, okay. you beat a ligament. You beat your quad, yeah, you beat right, your exactly. hamstring ligament. <laughs> he beat cancer, so that's why I chose that. That's a fair. But, that's fair. Yeah. But what is that? What is what is try to explain to people? Because we try to explain it all the time. What does playing hurt actually take away? Because I'm watching I'm watching a documentary on Netflix about the quarterbacks, and it was talking about how like Kirk Cousins' ribs were broken, and he's like my mental decisions while I was trying to make plays were affected by the pain. How is it for a pitcher? Yeah. The thing I noticed the most is I, so I heard it initially in 2019 and I, I definitely should have gotten the surgery probably in 19, but my MRIs were always like clean. And they were like, I mean, if you can still, I was throwing like hard too. It's not like a hundred. So they're like, if you can continue to throw hard and you have pain, you might as well just keep going because you don't really know how the surgery is going to go. So I just kept being like, all right, whatever. It would take me like triple the time to warm up. That would be the biggest thing I noticed. Like you can't really roll out, do your normal routine and get going. Like throwing the first 30 would just be like, this is awful. And then I would keep warming up, keep warming up. I'd take the Theragun and just numb it up. I'd find all these little things like the shockwave and I would just do everything I could to like get the actual pain feeling out of it. And then as I got hot and I was like getting 
warmed up were like around like 95%. I kind of stopped thinking about it. And then each inning, I'd say I would pitch and the adrenaline of the game would take care of like how I was feeling. It would be more about like executing and like trying to whatever, pitch well. And then I'd sit down and then get up. And I think the more that happened, like I think like the cool down effect, I'd feel it a bit more. And then as the season progressed, it was just like a ticking time bomb. And it was this, it, it, it was a, this sounds a little weird, but it was a blessing in disguise with certain things. Like I didn't have my like perfect health. So I got to learn all these like little tricks and little things I could do to maybe like warm up quicker or like to get my timing like more efficient faster. So I think all like I learned a lot of stuff from it, but I also realized like how it does, like you said, I guess like your mental preparation and like when it does creep into your head while you're pitching, instead of pitching or like focusing on executing and trying to get guys out, you're thinking about like, all right, don't hurt your arm. Or like, you're trying to do something. And I think that's when you start changing some stuff. And I just think for me, it was like 19, 20, 21. I had about 80 innings and I was like cooked. It just something would happen. And then finally we went in a couple years, like a few years later, the MRI looked exactly the same as it did in 19. And they were like, oh no, your ligament has been ripped off of your bone. We just couldn't tell on the MRI. So like, it just, I guess it was just like too hard to tell, but I'm glad it feels good now. So that's good. That's great. It feels good now, but I need to know. Yeah. Did I break you? We only played for a little bit. Did I break you? <laughs> I think that I was 2019. I <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? It could have been. Yeah. It's a, if anyone asks, I'll say it was you. <laughs> I think That's I broke my myself. Yeah. I think, I think the mentality <laughs> these days of throwing everything super duper hard is probably didn't help as, as well. And I think being tall and throwing hard, it's kind of an, like inevitable thing. I think it was like, no matter what, I'm getting Tommy John at some point. At least it was this late. So fair. Tyler, I want to ask you about your teammate, Yandy Diaz, who makes the top three, dude, right? So all the players vote for AL Outstanding Player. There's, you know, pretty good competition on that list. Shohei Otani and Corey Seager. And number three, well, I don't even know if it plays out that way. Top three on that list. I'm assuming that Otani and Seager are going to finish ahead of him. But Mm -hmm. he finishes top three at least on the AL Outstanding Player Award. So dude's been jacked and full of talent for years. What changed and how proud are you for him making uh, strides to be one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I don't, I think like he's always been a stud. I played against him in AAA all the time. Um, and he was always like a man amongst boys, I guess. Like, I guess too, if in the minor leagues, like if you've got really good stuff, you can kind of just, even if it's not great that day, you're always going to kind of do well and like just throw a curveball and no one can hit it kind of thing. And Yandi was always like, just his approach was, always way more advanced than anyone I'd ever faced in AAA. And he was kind of stuck in AAA for way too long. And then he got up to the big leagues, continued to do well. And I think the biggest separator for between like last year, last year had a phenomenal year as well. But I think having maybe, I don't know, I haven't really talked to him about it, but like that maybe that contract extension and like having that like comfort to know you're going to be around for a few more years and you're not going to have to uproot your life. And I think it was just like that comfortable thing because every year he's been with the team, he was super shy and quiet his first year. And the second year he opened up a bit more and like, as he kept going, now he's like, has the biggest personality on our team. And he's like, honestly, the glue of our team. Everyone loves Yandi, probably the best teammate, one of the best teammates I've ever had. So I think it's just like all that stuff mixed together makes him just a stud. I mean, a stud, but like, could he spend like 20 less minutes doing biceps in the weight room? Because probably (laughs) when we faced, when we faced you in 17, we were playing together in triple a Columbus versus Indianapolis. Yeah. This dude, he wouldn't even sweat and he would just sit in there just. <laughs> and then he'd he look at his, he loves, 
He loves the. Does he still love the color red? He loves all the colors. I don't know about. I don't know if red, but he's like a pretty. He's colorful dude. He's got all the cleats and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He always loved the color red, and he would pull out his. He would have a red arm sleeve on while he was working out, and he'd pull out his red phone and he'd look at it, and he never worked out quite enough to sweat. But his arms are just so ginormous, and he finally learned to pull the ball too. He used to only hit the ball to right field. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess that's also a big separator. But he's definitely he's still in the weight room every every single day. I think because maybe he doesn't work out super like crazy and sweat a bunch. I think that's maybe why he can maintain it. But he's got his routine. He's very very routine oriented. Like does a lot of the same stuff in the weight room every day. And then, but he's. I think the only the biggest difference now is like our strength coaches, and I think him too. Like they do a lot more like agility and stretching and everything like that. Because you lift that much, you're gonna get a little a little tight. But he's like. He works hard. He does everything. So I think it's just it's coming together now. Tyler, you're talking about colorful people. Have you looked at your background of where you're at right now? Yeah, <laughs> it's a rent vibes line. Vibes. <laughs> I mean, it is like when you when they said Tyler Glassnow was coming on, and then I saw your background. It couldn't have gotten like more perfect. If there was just like maybe a lava lamp in that corner, I would be There's like, man, he is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like he is living his perfect life. <laughs> Yeah, right. no, I didn't. This is a rental, but I do. I I like how it's like the leaves and stuff. It's quite nice. It's in Florida too, so I think it's just kind of one of those like fitting, like the exposed beams. I think that's what they're called. This is yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm here for another couple of days, and then I'll go somewhere else. And then, but yeah, the place I guess that I'm like renovating right now is relatively colorful. I'll have some cool stuff in there too. All right, good. All right, so <laughs> I like it. It's perfect. It's perfect for you. Don't don't change. Just go. stay exactly right. the same. <laughs> we we showed the Major League Baseball. We talked about the AL Player of the Year, Yandy, your teammates in there. For, for the Major League Baseball Player of the Year, you have Shohei, you have Mookie, you have Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I mean, I, I said everyone's fighting me and saying Shohei, Shohei, Shohei. But I said, hold on, let's take a step back here. Ronald Acuna, 40-70, pretty special. Your thoughts? I think if we're just going pure, like, stats and like rational thinking it has to be Shohei Otani like and it's boring because like no I think it kind of sucks especially with like MVP race and stuff it's like he's just gonna win it every year if he has two average like you know what I mean just the fact that he can do both if you're taking like purely like productive numbers who and like who would you rather have like 4070 is unbelievable that dude is a stud but I think the difference in offense is like what Shohei had what like how many less stolen bases maybe a few less homers he did miss that month but then you add a whole however many starts he had. Like, that's – what is his war, too? It's like double of everyone else's. I feel like it's not even a debate. That guy just wins every year. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's no fun, though. That takes the fun know, out of it if not. he just wins every year. It would yeah, be like if you went up there goal. and you pitched the way you pitch, and then you went up there and hit 35 homers. Right? right. He'd, he'd want yeah. to win every year yeah. because exactly. he has more and talent. I, didn't, I'd be like, yes. I think, too, if you don't win, and then it starts to open up that, like, you kind of get away from, like, you got to have some sort of like concrete, like, okay, how, how do you win? What do you need to do stat wise? If you start kind of deviating from it and giving it to other people, then it just becomes like this, like, we all know Shohei should win this. And then you just, I don't know. It just seems to me like the most genuine hundred percent answer is Shohei. And maybe another year he like won't do as well in each and someone else will have like a, a 50, 80 season and then they can. Win. Oh, so that's, oh, so that's the number <laughs> it takes 58. We're Reggie Crawford. Yeah. Or, or, yeah uh, Judge hit 62 last year and beat him for the MVP. <laughs> yeah. There's other two yeah, players that will come up to the bigs someday. 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 Yeah. Uh, someday. Luck. It's only been 150 years. There's been two of them. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I guess Judge won last year. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on like how you calculate, like, I don't know. That's a good point, actually. 
break the home run record, play outstanding D, and, and be able to run the bases as a 6'8 monster, and you have a shot. Yeah. That's fair. Or go 40-70. Yeah. Tyler's almost 6'8", so he knows. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can hit any homers like that, but... <laughs> You can hit a couple. Just let just let them eat. Just get a good yeah. bat. You definitely gotta. Yeah, you gotta do swing. some curls. Do some curls. Yeah, He's not, not allowed to hit bat. anymore. They're not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> they took it away. Hey, what did you yeah. think? You following the playoffs much? Say it again. Sorry, mate. Just skipped out. You following the playoffs much? Not a lot. I was just on. I was just in the Bahamas, so I wasn't like the TV. We were trying to watch it, and it kept skipping out and going crazy. So we just ended up <laughs> shutting it off. But. I've been watching the like the Phillies more just because that that vibe over there is just like insane. It just seems like the most playoff baseball. Like it's so hard not to watch. It's so entertaining. Like the fans there, it's like a cult following. Everyone is just like a savage. They talk a bunch of shit. Like I, uh, that's been super entertaining. And the Braves series, like I just thought the Braves were gonna like dominate everyone. But something about that postseason magic, like that Phillies team, is just like something different in the postseason. And Eflin's on our team too, and I would always pick his brain on like the whole like what's going on over there and he had nothing but good things to say and just it's just like a whole different like brand of baseball i guess over there something happens in the postseason and it's just as like turns to magic you could be a philly too if you want come on up i'll get you i'll get you a rental <laughs> place we're just you know i'm in the basement here it won't be as, there you I go. Can make it colorful if you want it to be <laughs> yeah. i can i can recruit you yeah but no did you see the whole Harper and Arcia versus the media thing? Yeah, that, was dumb. that happened. I, I get it for like the the fan perspective. Like I understand like media doing it. It's a little fucked up in my opinion that they would even put that. Like how many times after a game has someone said the exact same thing just completely as a joke? But you just assume the media is not gonna like run with it. But I think because of the playoffs and all the eyes on it, they overblew that. Like a ton that you know what i mean i doubt he was in there like actually talking shit i think he was just joking around with his teammates and then it became a thing but i i feel like in my i don't know i haven't talked to anyone on the phillies or the braves but like i'm sure the players in that situation were like this is dumb but like like the city and the fan base is obviously going to like play into that but i don't know hey don't don't poke the bear when it comes to Bryce Harper in the postseason. Okay, <laughs> don't poke the bear. Like just, just don't say anything about him. Like let's just say with the, blowing the candles, thirty-one. Right. I, listen, I, I've obviously watched all these games. There's no team that I want to play for more than the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, these yeah. dudes just take the field, and you are like, this is just fun, right? From the atmosphere, yeah. very similar to the Trop, right? When you take the field at the Trop. And there's exactly. like 12,000 for a playoff game. You're like, man, this is very similar to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Close enough. <laughs> Wait, did they, after hold on, after that the comment thing, did Harper like say anything or did he just kind of like whatever? Or like, did, no, he stared, he, like, he no, he Harper was like, Oh, I heard it. And then he went and hit two homers and stared down Arcia both times as he's running around the bases. He hit second oh, okay, base, well, and there's like these That's there's photos idea. of him like staring right at Arcia as he's rounding second base. So yeah, oh Harper played it up. Harper was like, "Oh, I heard it. Oh hell yeah, I thought it was great. He thought it, he's like, I thought it was funny, but at the same time, he's like, oh hell yeah, it motivated me." He, he said it as like an entertainer. Damn. He's yeah. not like, "Oh, I hate him." No, 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 yeah. exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. He like used it as fuel. I guess like not going to like be all salty about it, but like you hit two homers and stare someone down. I guess like, yeah, exactly. you're pretty aware of what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you said that, like, we're still kind of talking. What did you say that is, that he stared him down? You said that was badass, right? Me? Yeah. No. Glass oh, now did. Me? I'm like, hell yeah, I think that's badass. Like, I think, that's, yeah. like, I think that part of the game is missing in baseball, and it's okay. Like, they're yeah. not, like, mortal enemies. They don't just hate each other, but they're competitive, 
and they want to get after it. And I think, I think this is missing and you need to bring it back with your <laughs> lovely locks of love that you have. Yeah, there you go. I think it depends on like who you are as a person as well. Like I think Bryce, like that's, you know, there's nothing worse than a guy like everyone's played with it, like the fake tough dude or like that happens. And like, if someone like weren't actually to feel it and we're like staring him down, you'd be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like it might be a thing <laughs> from a fan perspective, but like, as long as it's genuine, like I know there's some dudes that are like, who probably should bring that back. But I like, I don't want the, the fake tough stuff. You know, it happens if it happens, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's when it's genuine, it's awesome. And like, you can use it as fuel, but if it's just like cameras are on me, I got to act tough. It's like, I don't know, maybe not. Hey, Tyler, uh, obviously you said you haven't watched all of the postseason, but have you seen some of the pitching moves? Like Bochi left Devaldi in yesterday, bases loaded, got out of it, no runs, no outs. And then you see like Barrios with the twin or with the Blue Jays against the Twins, 47 pitches, no hits, and they're like, yeah, you've done enough today. Let's let's go ahead and beat this. I mean, how does Kevin Cash play that with the Rays? And would you be pissed if you're Barrios and they're like, yeah, you've, you've done enough today. It's been three innings. You haven't given up anything, but yeah, beat it. Yeah, I'm like kind of both sides on this. So like, I so the Rays, I feel like the way that they do all their stuff, it's very much like I just can't, it's like a poker game. Like, what are they like? Strip all the emotion out of it. Just like purely algorithm. Like, this is the data. This who's this is like who's hitting, who's pitching. Everything's a poker game, and like within poker or whatever you play, blackjack in any sort of like gambling situation, you have to always stick to your game plan throughout the season. You can't really if you're gonna start if you're gonna like. Go with the data set strategy. You have to do it all season long. And then if you're going to go with like the, oh, I like, no, this guy's feeling hot. This guy's not feeling like that kind of thing. You probably should do that all season long. But I think the second you start doing like data and then like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go away from that plan and put this guy in because I have like a hunch feeling. I think that's when you could get into trouble. But there's something about like that. You can do that in the regular season very comfortably. And like the Rays do it the best. And I, I think if I were to maybe be in a position to have to make those decisions, I would probably mimic something like that. But I think there's something like unquantified postseason. And I think there are moments when it's kind of hard. Like, are you supposed to abandon the plan you've had all season and then go the emotional route? Or are you supposed to like, it's just like a hard thing. But I think that's when like that baseball expertise comes in. There's not a lot of stuff that's like, all that data stuff just becomes wacky in the postseason. Like even our analytics team will talk about like, there's some stuff that changes in the postseason and we don't seem to understand why. And me as an, I'm like, it's the emotional stuff. There's so much more going on. It's like, everyone's nervous. You're trying to do more than you should. And there's a bunch of stuff, but I think like, yeah, I don't know. I think that old school mentality kind of works a bit better in the postseason. It seems so the last few years anyway. Max Muncy said that yesterday. Remember we had Max Muncy on yesterday and he said, we, we, we do our whole thing with the Dodgers and we have our yeah. analytics and we grind out at bats. And then he goes, and then we go play the Diamondbacks and they're hitting every first pitch for homers. And do pitching is completely different and playing the game completely different than we played them. So, yeah, maybe it works in the regular season, but then in the postseason, you got to make some adjustments to your game plans and to your pitching plans. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's just an interesting argument. In a conversation that needs to be had more in baseball. And and Tyler, you've been on the race for a while. Like I'm sure you guys are pissed as hell. Now you're a couple weeks removed from it, but like you guys had a great year. The start to the season was historic. I mean, how pissed was their group? And and we've talked to a lot of guys in the past couple weeks, like right after um they finish up their season. Like, how was that next, you know, 
few hours when you go into the clubhouse. What are guys saying? Like, damn, what a run in it. Dude, he went to so the Bahamas, quick. bro. He's like, yeah, oh, well, okay. that's after that. <laughs> the immediate aftermath. Like, we're talking a month to yesterday. He's still at the stadium getting his stuff together, going like, what the fuck just happened the last week? No, it sucked. Like, I think just because our team was so good, there's a bit of an element, too, of, like, a lot of – and, like, you can't use, like, injuries as an excuse. But it's, like – I think, the, like, the team that we would have fielded might have looked a bit different if everyone was healthy. But, that you know what I mean? Like, everyone deals with injuries all year long. We seem to deal with them more than most, I think, this year and last year. But I think, like, I don't know. It, it does – it sucks a lot. And I think it's not even, like, in the – like, when it first happens, like, you have – you definitely feel like shit. But I think it, it stings a lot more when, like, for me anyway, like, you kind of stop thinking about it. And a few days go by and you wake up and you're like, oh, my. like, in the moment you, you get done and everyone's, like, passing out beers and you're, like, doing stuff and you're trying to, like, remember the good stuff. And everyone's just trying to, like, like forget about how shitty this feeling is. Like, let's try to – just think about the good stuff. And then I think for me anyway, like as the days go on, I think it gets a little harder to like, it's like, damn, like wait, what could have been like the dust settles. And then you start to think about it and like what you could have done differently and like what decisions are, you know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of different, you don't want to look back and go like, what if, but I think it's a lot harder as time goes on. And then it starts to fizzle out, I guess in the off season. And then like you start doing a bunch of stuff and you get ready for the next season and you can kind of let it go. But I think it's kind of one of those when you're sitting there randomly at like 2 p.m. and I'm like not doing anything. I just get that like intrusive, like, damn, like I could have, you know what I mean? Like you think about things you could have done differently. And like, that's, I think what sucks the most, but I think it also, you can use it as fuel. And every year, I think a lot of guys do. It's just like, you try to work on what you didn't do well and try to get more consistent and bring it in the next season. I'm not going to speak for AJ, but I can say you'll remember the losses just as much as you remember the win. So yeah, that's, that's real that you're saying, damn. Yeah. It sucks for sure. I think I, yeah, I think as I, maybe it'll change maybe over time too, but I think the ones you lose, I remember those way more. You know what I mean? Like something about that, like you just remember the negative experience. Like you could have like 10 good games in a row, but I always like kind of hold on to like the bad ones a lot more for sure. Not like it, it's like detrimental to my day, but I think as an athlete, you're always like, you're so like OCD and nitpicky about like, you want to be so perfect, especially baseball players. You have that like perfection thing and you just like, it's hard to let go of. Hey, I understand. That's like kind of how I knew I was done because the, the, the hits were not making up for the strikeouts. Right. And the wins weren't making up for the losses. So, because yes, as a competitor, you're all like, I mean, I lost in the playoffs before and I'm just like, and you, you sit down, you, you get out of it, you get home and you're just like, gosh, if I would have done this better, if I would have, and it just, it, it can, you know, but then it also as a professional athlete, you get over and you move on to the next. But there is a time where you kind of self-reflect and you're like, gosh, if I just would have done this better, if I would have, you know, it's a team it, sport, though. Yeah. Teams, no, baseball is a team sport made up of individual performances. Yeah, played by individuals, for sure. Right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think that's what's the hardest part about like watching it in the offseason. Like, I love watching it, but I always get that, like, I get, like, FOMO. You know what I mean? It's like, I should be there, like, playing right now. And then, like, all this magical stuff happens. You're like, I want to feel that. And, like, especially going to the World Series and, like, not winning. It's just something – it's always kind of like I want to get back there. And it is, like, a good feeling as well. Like, knowing you're not there, I think, like, throughout the off season, especially after, like, the World Series year, like, you think about it all the time. Like, within your workouts or whatever you're doing, you're like, I want to get back there. And that's, like, kind of the goal that, like, sets up all your workouts. And then you go into spring and then try not to get too ahead of yourself to long season, but, like, that's the ultimate goal. So I think that, you know. What is your what is your feeling going into a season where you're on the Rays, the last 
year of your contract? I, I love the race so much. Like I really, it's like the best org. I've been with two organizations, but like, I also love the Pyres as well, but I like Liar. the ways, the way they do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. This is a player show. You do not lie. I do. I, there's a lot of things the Pirates did that I really appreciate. Like a lot of the coaches, okay, the Pirates especially, it was a little militant. And there were some things that I'm sure even if they were to go back, they'd change. But I, I learned a, a lot from the Pirates. Like in a minor league, like there's a lot, I look back on it now and it's like a lot of fun memories, you know? And I think like in the moment it was like, this kind of sucks. But <laughs> I, I, it was like an overall positive, plus I learned a lot, good experience. But I think coming to the Rays, it's very like, all right. For example, I guess the pirates are more like, you know how we would have like haikus and stuff? And it was always <laughs> just like, we would have like that kind of stuff. The rays are like, win. Like everything we're doing, there's no fluff. There's like all of this stuff we're doing. We have this huge R&D team, all the data stuff, whether you agree with it or not. Like we are here to win. When you talk to Cash, when you talk to Eric, there's no like, like any sort of like phone. It's just like, we are here to win and we're going to do whatever we can to win while also emphasizing like we need good people in the clubhouse. There's not a single employee. That's like a bad dude. There's no like salty, bad energy type of person. All the players are good. The clubhouse is phenomenal. They run like the best clubhouse ever. So to get back to your original question after that rant, I'm very sad, but I'm also excited to like, I want to go out on a high note or I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if I'm going to talk to them and try to stay longer. I don't know if I'm going to get traded tomorrow, but I do know that like, I would like to stay there. That is like my number one place I want to be because it's like the most amazing atmosphere to play baseball. Cause you've never. Atmosphere in terms of like, in terms of like all the, all the, like the clubhouse and the players and the coaches and like, as like a place you work being an employee or whatever I am there, it's a, it's an amazing place to play. Like if you talk to any players who are, who's ever been a Ray, they'll tell you like, how the clubhouse is and like how the coaches are and that, that dynamic is, is very special and very okay. rare. I think you said there's no salty guys. I'm like Westy, their traveling guy used to be the, <laughs> <he's> very salty. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's the traveling secretary now. He's, yeah, he's I, he can be a little salty, but he's actually, he's, he's no. a good dude. He's got, he's, he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> you better say that because it'll give you bad hotels and bad tickets next year. So, Westy, you're the man. He's always hooked me up. I love, he's Westy, Westy's he's the man. No, Westy's yeah, the man. He's the man. Westy's the man. Hey, I'll say yeah. this because I, I know you probably you know won't comment a ton necessarily on this front because you'll see how it plays out. But you know, you you signed a deal with the Rays a couple years ago. They don't always spend a ton on free agents. I don't think that's a secret. It's a bottom few payroll usually in baseball. There was that report. What was it? A couple years ago, that they offered Freddie Freeman. It was like six one forty or seven one fifty. So it's there. There, there's a bag there. Just saying. So yeah, it, it could be you if it works out. Plus the Florida State tax. I know they'll they'll remind you. Which yeah, every time I'm like thinking income. about it in my brain too. I always I like think about that as well. Or like I'm like God, I want to stay here. And like, but they don't usually pay guys and blah blah. blah. I'll talk to my agent, and it's like they did offer Freddie a big contract, and they talked yeah. to Scherzer. I'm pretty sure they gave like. Scherzer was in the picture, or like I, I think they maybe tried to talk to like Degrom and stuff too. It's not like they're not. I just think it has to make sense on like whatever their like data algorithm thing is, and they have a really good way of like identifying talent. And generally, when they sign dudes, they do well there. You know, so it's like yes. wh whatever the system says my value is, or however the front office or who I don't know how they do it, but like I, I hope that I am able to stay. Scherzer, Degrom, Kratz, like a top end starter. You know, young in his prime. 
Sounds sounds like there's a dude there. Just just throwing it out there. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah, sweet. We got Let's you. Hope. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, yeah. dude, it was great hanging. Um, really appreciate the catch up and obviously coming on to to talk about the award. Uh, congrats on being a finalist. We'll announce those in a few weeks. And congrats to your boy Yandi Diaz, who's definitely out there somewhere doing. I'm not gonna mimic it because these guys will make fun of me. But we know what he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah, thanks, hard. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, thanks, man. Good catching up. Yeah, appreciate it. See ya. See ya.